It's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech episode 290. Uh, coming to you live from uh, a luxurious hotel in the city of Sydney because we're uh, we're together and uh, we like to do this show together every week. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com. Good day, mate. Good afternoon, Trevor. Yes, the uh, the QT is where we're at. Well, I didn't want to give it away. I didn't want people stalking us. We're not going to keep it on the QT either. We're gonna. This podcast is going to get out to everybody. We do it all thanks to good people at Netgear, netgear netgear.com.au. We'll tell you about them shortly. There is a bit of news around. Let's get cracking. Two blokes talking tech. Well, Stephen, um, tin foil hat wearing people lost their minds this week as WikiLeaks uh, revealed yet another tranche of uh, documents tranche. from. Is that actually a word? Oh. I think it is. <laughs> tranche. Like a tranche, a large. Is that right? Large Who cares, amount, mate? Large yeah. Of objects. A bucket load of uh, yeah. documents, a okay? A load of objects. Okay, wow. <laughs> Uncle Steve said a naughty word. Um, but anyway, so WikiLeaks, and you know, I, you know my feelings on Julian Assange. Assange. Yes, what are your feelings on Julie to say? Shoot him. You don't, you don't rate Just, him. Yeah. you know. I think we, we should, uh, they are WikiLeaks. They've, they he are is WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks documents, and these are all alleged mm. allegations, like this this data dump is what they've called it. And so you've got to remember, WikiLeaks have never, to, to, it's never been discredited. Any document they've released yeah. has never been discredited. So you have to take a lot of credibility in the documents that they have released. Now, I'm not a fan of leaking documents. I'll, I'll say that from the start. Yeah. And I think that what they've leaked here is, you know, a, a real fundamental um, hit against the national security of what the US government's trying to do. Um, and what essentially has happened is they've leaked um, thousands, about 8,000 pages of documents about the CIA's cyber branch who have actively been searching for vulnerabilities in everything from Apple iPhones, Android phones, smart TVs. And when they find those vulnerabilities, unlike other security companies in the world who find vulnerabilities and flag them with manufacturers, the CIA has been building exploits for those vulnerabilities and potentially spying on people. So the I guess the worst case scenario, if you want to look at it this way, is they've got the, you know, two, a year ago they've, they've found a vulnerability in iOS 8 and um, they, they've, they've got a target, you know, some national intelligence target. He's got an iPhone, happens to be running iOS 8, and they deploy through either text message or email or in person somehow this exploit. So some malware, and it allows them to either you know read the screen, listen to emails. Who who the heck knows, right? That, by the way, that exact thing you described, another security company actually achieved that same thing. Not yeah. the not the CIA. It was it was about it eight months ago. That, that happens happened. all yes. the time. Yeah. Security companies all the time find vulnerabilities in devices and they flag them with the manufacturers and the manufacturers patch the software to fix it. That is the normal course of business now with smart connected devices. So what we've learned is that CIA is doing this actively. Um, when you look at the documents, there's about 20,000 IP addresses in America that, are, that were redacted from this document saying that there's at least that many devices that have been in some way targeted. Um, here's the thing, folks. Breaking news, eight 
the Australian intelligence agencies are doing this as well. So are the Russians. The smart thing the CIA is doing, if, if you read the documents closely, is they're finding vulnerabilities that the Russians created and they're, they're enhancing them so that if someone was to find the vulnerability on someone's phone and say, who's been doing this? It'll trace back to the Russians. So I'll give them <laughs> full credit. Give them full credit. They're doing a, they're doing a pretty yeah. nifty job there. But I think the critical thing here is, mate, and I spoke to a, a, a white hat hacker last night on the radio show, breaking news, it's happening already, and it's always been happening. What did you expect was going to happen in, in the intelligence world? Well, it's caused a fair bit of hysteria among the the general population. I think a lot of consumers are a bit paranoid thinking that, well, could this be happening to me? And I think the, the answer to that question is probably no, because either unless you're on the CIA watch list, I don't think you've got anything to worry about. Do you reckon you know if you're on the CIA watch list? Well, <laughs> I think if you're involved in sort of some pretty... Uh, some some activities that might bring you into that. So out of the two of us, which one's most likely to be on the CIA watch list? Probably you. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely going to say you. Yeah, because I suppose both of us could. We we do travel a fair bit. They think, what are these (laughs) international men of mystery, the two blokes? But um, I think that there, there, there was... By the way, uh, Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag, uh, yeah. your vote on Twitter, if you like. Uh, yeah, who who's more likely to be on the CA watch list, Trevor or Stephen? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I definitely don't think I would be. But anyway, I think that the, the we should remember that the, these documents are quite old. Yeah, They're up to four years old, five years old in some cases, as recent and it's, as two And it's years the old. first part. So this was our tranche, right? Yes. It's, there, there could be more to come. But uh, I think the, the point is, though... And I wrote a piece on Tech Guide about should you be worried about the CIA Was it a one-word piece? Uh, no. <laughs> but the basic answer is no, you shouldn't be worried because they're older, uh, and, you know, unless, you're on, unless you've been doing some, some stuff for ISIS, I think you're, gonna, you're, you're okay. Yeah. But um, I think the, the point is, though, is if you update your, your software, your firmware, then you're, you're, you're probably safe because the, the iOS is... Let's take that, for example. Uh, I think iOS 8, iOS 9. But the zero-day exploits they had were on quite older firmware, yeah. including uh, they, had a, they, they claimed to have an ability to, have a, uh, to spy through a Samsung smart TV, mm. older TVs, with a fake on, fake off. Yeah. So, so the point where it, the it, off if, they, if they had here. deployed their thing on your TV, uh, they could listen to the microphone and you would think it was off. So it would turn off the uh, standby LED. It would literally look like it's off. Now, that's pretty full on. It's pretty pretty great. Because I've got to be honest, most people haven't updated the software on their smart TVs. Yeah. That's one of the places where people don't so, do it. So get up and <laughs> you better update it yeah. now. But, but, but is, that, that, that potential now, that ability since Samsung's firmware update, to do that now, you'd mm. need to be install something physically on the television yeah. so you can't do it remotely anymore yeah and i think that's again goes to the message here should you be worried no what's the message to learn out of this update your software whenever it comes now now if apple updates uh, let's say ios 10.2.1.3 or some bloody thing right and you've got 10.2.1.2 and you think oh, i won't bother this is why to bother because the reason they put out those small updates is because someone, either them or another security firm, has found a vulnerability. And what we have to hope here is that, A, Apple is working harder than ever, and B, other security firms are working harder than ever to find the same vulnerabilities as the CIA and patch them. Now, if you're a fan of counterintelligence and all those kind of things and you want the CIA to have these th- these abilities, well... They're never going to have them open slather. They're always going to be patched by the by the companies, and they just yeah. have to find new backdoors. That's an important point because the uh, the company the, the software updates 
they're not just for design and feature enhancements. Security is a massive part of these. So yes, definitely update them. But I think the ability to spy on people through their microphones is one thing, but also through their cameras is another thing. And, and I've, I dug up a photo of Mark Zuckerberg that, that I included. You not have to dig far for that photo. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, just pointing out how some people, how paranoid they are. He knows the internet back to front. He knows what can be hacked. He's a, he is the internet. internet. But, he, you know, I mean, he knows the internet and coding. and he, he knows everything, all the capabilities. If you look at the photo I've run on Tech Guide, his laptop has actually got a little bit of piece of tape over the camera. So he's, he's thinking, why risk it? If, if, someone, if you wanted to spy on someone, he'd be a good target if you wanted to spy on someone and hear what they're talking about. Even, but even industrial espionage can go to that depth. So when it comes, if you are paranoid, put a little bit of tape over If you, you are paranoid, buy a tinfoil hat and stop listening to us because <laughs> you're crazy. Um, if you are paranoid, though, one of the real things to be paranoid about is just general privacy on the internet. I had this conversation with a radio station this morning. They said, shouldn't I be more worried that when I search for a address on ASOS, this, this girl on the FM Breakfast Show said that it keeps appearing in Facebook after that? I'm like, yeah, that's... that's that you you see that as a breach of privacy, but actually that's just an integration of Facebook, Google, and all the websites because it allows you to see ads for things that you might want. That's that's how privacy is is not breached, but you know uh, pushed the boundaries yeah. off. I think people should be more concerned about what they share on social media themselves than what people are spying on. Like we're, yeah. we're such, we're, we're especially especially anyone who's got young teenagers and we're oversharers in some cases, and teenagers especially. Like there's so much info that they share willingly. Mm. Forget what the spy agencies are trying to find out. Stop stop what you're sharing yourself because there's yeah. so much information that we're sharing anyway. That's the rule of law from the two blokes talking tech. Um, if you're worried about it, there's look. It is actually really interesting um, to read this stuff on WikiLeaks. As I said, I'm not actually a supporter of what they do because I think it does actually have an impact on yeah. you, you know national Assange security. Not, um, does he follow you on Twitter? If he does, mate, I'll block him. Really? <laughs> if he <laughs> followed not. me, I'd block him. You would you really? Yeah, I'd, I'd let him. He's I'd a flea. Him. I'd let he, him. he gives Australia a bad name. He's been to the Ecuadorian embassy for how long now in London? Four years? Is it four years? It could be That's six. I don't time. care. He should get out. I'd he should face his, justice. Uh, I'd hate to see his room service bill. Be pretty high. <laughs> At the Ecuadorian There's embassy. enough weirdos in the world supporting WikiLeaks yeah. with cash that he's probably... It's not an issue for the Ecuadorians. I thought he was about to get out of the Ecuadorian embassy that was going to go he back was meant to, to get out. He was meant to get out because uh, they released uh, um, Chelsea someone or whoever yeah. it was. Um, the woman who made the rape allegation against him. No, no, no. They released the soldier, yeah. Bradley John Manning, who's um, changed his gender yeah. um, now in, in jail. Yeah. They released her... Um, and he had said, if they release her, I'll, 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 ah, I'll leave. So they're waiting for him. Crickets. He's got nothing. <laughs> He's a flea. He's a liar. Yeah. Anyway, good okay. luck. Julian Assange, uh, welcome to Two Blokes well, Talking yeah, Tech. He, he does listen, doesn't he? Well, mate, we're well, a big chance of being doxxed now. He might, he might tweet us. And uh, he Imagine might. Julian Assange using the yeah. ziggy zaggy hashtag. He might tweet us and yeah. tell us who is actually on the watch list. He would probably <laughs> know. <laughs> He'll probably know Imagine that. Julian Assange, Ziggy, yeah. Imagine Julian at Julian Assange, Ziggy Zaggy yeah. at Trevor Long. It's, and it's Trevor, yeah. And they'll say, yeah, Steve, you're right, it's Trevor's on the watch list. Don't need to guess, yeah. he's definitely on it. And then all my bank accounts will be wiki-leaked. <laughs> two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we are back from Barcelona. Oh, you've noticed. Uh, yeah, we are We are here. and I'm having little was, nana naps during the day still. Yeah, you're still in the siesta mode, are you? But the, uh, it was an interesting show, and, and last week we did the whole show from the actual Mobile World Congress, 
and we've had a chance to digest what we saw and, and what, what's coming. And I think for me, I think well, we were asked an interesting question. I think someone tweeted us and said, well, what's the one device if you could take it home? I think we both answered the same, the BlackBerry Key one, yeah. which, which really, I'm really excited about seeing as well. But I, I think the other, the other star of the show was the Nokia, the 3310. Oh, without question, yeah, Nokia and BlackBerry win the show. And, and I think that Nokia, even though it's a 2G device, they've, they've seen this massive interest around the product. I think they're going to reconsider and maybe release a 3G version. There's no doubt about that now. I spoke to Andy Penn at the end of last week and he he said in basically every word possible that they would release one. And I can tell you that they they... What can I say? They had deals in place for the 2G version here for Australia. Pity they the network down. Well, not all of them. Not all of them. And, uh, and they've withdrawn those deals, I think, because Telstra is, is keen and they will launch it sooner rather than later. It might, might not be till mid to late in the year, but we'll definitely get a 3G version of the phone. I spent a, a bit of time playing with the P10 from Huawei. Um, I, I'm going to say my, my, initial, my, my one week later initial impressions are... Not as great as, as I would have hoped as, as the P9. Not as big an improvement, is it? Like- well, here's the thing. Oh, the camera is sensational. Like It's just stunning, same as the Mate 9. But, mate, that fingerprint sensor is stupid. Like it is stupid fast. No, it's yeah, it's yes, it's stupid oh, fast, but it's in the wrong moved, spot. They've moved it from the back of the phone to the front of the phone. That's the big change. And it's not a home button. Why do you put well, something... it is actually in the settings you can change it. Yeah, but it's you not by default. You the virtual mate. home button or the physical home button. It's not by default, though, and that's the yes, problem. No, no. So most people out of the box are going to go, well, this is What's weird. Hell, yeah. Why am I pressing this button and nothing's yeah, happening? True. So that's an issue for me. But otherwise, it is a very incremental uh, upgrade in terms yeah. of the design. looks more like an iPhone than ever before. I think the battery's improved on it, too. I've had it for a while, too. The battery's, the battery's great. The camera's fantastic. Um, the, other, the other device I had a good look at was the G6, yeah. the LG, and that's going to be launched by, through Telstra. 28. Use as well, yeah. So that's coming on the 28 through Telstra exclusively. Um, Which is smart. Let's let's just put that in context. That's super smart for from LG because it means it hits Australian stores two days because it's the thirtieth in Australia that the Samsung announcement in yes. New York is. So it's so smart to be like. Let's give LG credit. They are the first people to come to market yeah. with a device after MWC. Well, I think well even even the P10 which we've had for a while that's not coming out till May. Or late April, I think yeah. the P10's not out straight away. Or we we just were lucky enough. No, to we're lucky to have one. Yeah. But um, no, you're right. The G6 going to hit the ground running uh, through Telstra exclusively. But also, if you want to buy it outright, if you're a non-Telstra customer, you're looking at four figures. You're looking at I think 10.99, maybe 11. The LG. Yeah, the G6. And and I think it it feels like a 1100 dollar device. It looks like an 1100 device. The screen is excellent, but I don't know how you sell them at that price. We have this conversation every year. Huawei is the only people that's listened to us. Uh, the, the 799 for the P9 was the best part of the product. Yeah. Uh, if they can bring the P10 in at 799, they'll, they'll smash it. Um, the BlackBerry Key 1 is going to be 799. Yeah, so that's, the, that's the G6 needs to be at least a 999 product, if yeah. not an 899 product. With but the Xperia, the XZ Premium, that's going to be around the same price. Too. It'll be a 1200, yeah. 12, that actually won the award for best, best new smartphone at MWC, I heard that... Uh, I think that, that was, was just. Awarded. I think that was just uh, like that's like winning the EFTM award. It's like just. It's, <laughs> a, it's right? just a award. It's not the overall. No, I'm just saying it was. Yeah, it was someone's vote. Yes. Not not some okay. overall. It wasn't thing. the. It wasn't no. MWC's official <laughs> vote. Well, no. anyway, it, it was. I, I was. I quite know the press release looked like it, but yeah. I was quite impressed with it because uh, the the 4K HDR. Yeah, people thinking, what the hell you need 4K on a phone for? But when you say people, you mean me? Yeah, that'd be you. Yeah. But I think if you look at 
look at the screen. If you look, you're going to look at that screen a hundred times more than you look at your television. So why not make it as good as your television? Because it chews through the battery. I'll take the XA1 anyway. Well, they have their intuitive battery that oh, will good on them. Very, very help intuitive. you with that. But I'm, I'm looking forward to reviewing that shortly. But um, I think the the other thing we should talk about is the 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 big player that wasn't at the show, mm. Samsung, and we uh, we're going to be. Uh, hearing about their new device in about three, two and a half weeks. So the S8 and S8 Edge and how significant that's going to be for Samsung because this is their first real release, major release since the Note 7. And it's going to be, all eyes are going to be on this company to see how they've dusted themselves off and have come up with this new product. Here's where I feel for Samsung. Um, it's going to be like Bendgate with Apple. You know, after one person bent the phone, everyone's trying to see how you could bend a phone. What do you think everyone's going to be doing with the with the S eight? They're going to be working out how to make how, how to make it catch fire. Oh, They're going to put extra volt. They're going to they, no no yeah absolutely. There'll be YouTube idiots around the world no. plugging it into five hundred volts or something. Do you know what I mean? They're going this to do stupid them. things like this that. Test them. Well, that's why it's big. That's but, why it's big news. But, but, but hang on, just on that. That's, that's the sad <laughs> thing about. The um, YouTube I've, generation. I've yes. heard stories about people who wanting to get uh, refunds on their Samsung product, actually blow torching the phone mm. to make it look like the battery's blown up, or putting it in the like people go to great lengths for a YouTube video to get a refund. Pretty stupid, but I think uh, and and at, at at MWC Samsung again kicked it off with yeah. our batteries uh, test eight point battery test and all, all the things they're doing to ensure their products are safe and I think at the S8 launch they're going to do exactly the same thing totally and and I think think that's great I think in the end though look back at MWC there's no doubt in our minds we agree Nokia and BlackBerry stole the show. Uh, Nokia probably more so than BlackBerry, but I think BlackBerry in the fullness of time will have stolen more of the show because in Australia the product's actually going to be available sooner rather than later. Um, I think LG did very well. Uh, that, that big screen uh, was confusing to me at first, but having used it for a while, I can see now the benefit. You know, when you're snapping away photos and you can see the whole roll there and scroll through it without leaving the camera, there's just more to read on the screen when you're reading web pages. There's some real benefit to and, it. And you will love this because it's not a massive phone either. No, I, that's why I love it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 5.7 it's, inches and in a 5.3 inch body. This is what it's very easy to hold so in the hand. Hold it okay? Uh, it yep. fit in your hands okay? Yeah, no worries at all. Yeah, same. It's slippery though, slides out of it because <laughs> it's gloss on the back. Ah. Yeah. I didn't find that problem. Oh, no, yeah. okay. Yeah. There you go. Two blokes talking to. Now, uh, Stephen, I know uh, without you know asking you, I know you didn't invest in Snapchat no. in the early days. I've got, got my own things to invest in, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, there were some people that didn't. They've made billions. Um, my fa- There's two great stories uh, out of the Snapchat uh, launch. Snapchat launched on the stock market in America with an initial uh, valuation during the day of 34 B for billion dollars. It's gone down to 24 billion already. Jeez, so what's um, that? Eight billion wiped off it. Yeah. Um, but there's a great story of uh, a guy called Jeremy Liu, who's uh, an Australian guy who lives in, in the US. He's a you know angel investor. He works for a company that does venture capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he in, he was told by some mates about their, their kids using Snapchat. And he went, what's this bloody thing? And so he had a look at it, and he went on Facebook and tracked down the founder of Snapchat. Yeah. This is years ago, right? That's and Evan Spiegel? Yes. The CEO? The yeah. guy who's batting way above his average. Going about with Miranda Devine. Yeah. I wonder Man, if she... Miranda wonder, Kerr. Sorry, sorry, Miranda. Miranda Kerr. Miranda Devine's on 2GB. I've got the wrong Miranda. 
very different people. Cheerio to Miranda too. Hi, Miranda. Very different okay. Mirandas. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wonder how so, he would have gone on the dating market if he didn't own Snapchat. Probably just not very well. So this guy <laughs> meets with him and, and finds out about the company, and he, he's the first investor. Gives him $484,000 um, so US. When Snapchat had only kind yeah, of very kicked, kicked off. Very young. Yeah. Um, and as a, as a result of being the first investor, had a lot of pull in the joint over the over the few years and a lot of arguments probably about where the direction of the company was going and who invested. But over, over time, yeah. that investment company invested at something like $8 million into Snapchat, which turned into $2 billion. Oh, last week. Pretty good return on investment. Good ROI. Now, the bloke, though, that is screaming serenity now is, <laughs> is, the, is the other angel investor of the world. I don't know his name, but serenity he tweeted now. the other day. Yeah. Um, he tweeted something along the lines of, um, guess who didn't make money today? And he, he attached an image, a screenshot of an email he received from the founder of Snapchat saying, hey, mate, any chance we could catch up for a coffee, tell you about what I'm working on? He ignored the email. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, you know, didn't – but I think he's got so billions on, anyway. Was, was the email about them get listing or was this email no, about this just this, way this back when? Days, yeah, right. 2012, like five idea. years ago. Yeah. Wow. So you missed the boat on that if one. If you had a time machine, that would be pretty cool. I'd, go, back I'd go and get the sports almanac for a start. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> I've got that at my place. I've got a copy it's, of it. It's not real, mate. Yeah, well. Real enough to me, Trev. Real oh. enough to me. It's about as real as the bloody Star Wars <laughs> crap in your studio. I want to tell you who's going to win the, the footy this week. Yeah, not the, not the Rabbitohs. Oh, that's low. I've got the low almanac. Low. The Rabbitohs don't win. Well, that's a low blow. <laughs> well, the space-time continuum is going to be totally knocked off its kilter because they are going to win this week. Right, yeah. We'll, we'll soon see. We'll see. We'll so, see. So Snapchat is uh, on the stock. Have you invested any stock, mate? No. No. Do you have shares in any tech company? Is it going to, going to, yes, I do, but it's my own tech company. Okay. Are you I'm shares in Apple? Are you thinking that uh, this this is going to continue to dive, or is it yep. going to, going to stay? It'll, mate, it'll die. Not just dive; it'll die. Really? Yeah. On the stock exchange. But aren't so many people using it? Like companies are using it. It's it's just growing and mate, growing. It is and growing. being smashed by Instagram and Facebook now. Yeah. Now, since 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 Facebook decided to just crush it by copying it yeah. on every platform. On WhatsApp, yeah. which is owned by Facebook, Instagram, owned by Facebook, and Facebook itself are all doing all the it, same ephemeral messaging that yeah. Snapchat does. But still, it's that it's that brand, though. Like, Snapchat, it, it's it's kind of the, the kids are still pretty loyal to that. To that kids brand. grow up, mate. I understand, but I think they've got, like, first mover advantage, and they've got the name. They've yeah, got you've got to keep growing. It's like Twitter, mate. It was yeah. great, but it stopped. Stopped mm. growing. So this is why it's, it's plateaued and going down. So I'm not sure it has a long life. We'd be interested in your views. Uh, Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. We'll meet Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no more drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you'll have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi 
system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed that you're paying for. And Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Well, uh, Quattromani uh, for EFTM went over to Boston a few weeks ago and had a look at this new product, which is very interesting to me, from, from Sonos. It's called the Play Bass. Now, you know Sonos have got the their speakers. They've got the smaller version of the speakers. They've got the, the Play Bar, which is a sound bar. They've got the subwoofer. They've got a bunch of, of products, right? But they reckon that the Play Bar is not getting its full um, potential because people aren't mounting it on the wall. They intended the, the play bar to always be mounted on the wall underneath your wall-mounted yeah. TV. But apparently 70% of TVs are not mounted on the wall. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say to you first, people, I've now mounted my TV on the wall and it looks bloody awesome. I highly recommend so you're it. Out there, you're, you're out there, Jerry, and I'm loving every minute oh, of it. I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> um, but the thing is, um, for the play bar... Up on the wall, great, but yeah. sitting on a on a on a TV cabinet, it's 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 obstructed the by the TV. It's not the same. So they created this thing called the Play Base, which is intended to have the TV sitting on yes. top of it. Very similar to a Bose product that was released a few years ago. Bose did this, mm. but Sonos makes sense for them to expand the family of, of speakers yep. because not everyone wants to have this massive uh, bar that takes up quite a bit of room. Yep. But having it slipped under the TV like that, it uh, it still packs in. There's ten drivers in it. It's like there's four, like six tweeters and and two other. There's a woofer in it, so it's like a surround sound package. Audio porn, you're talking woofers. Woofers um, and tweeters. But when you're not watching television, it can be then used as a a regular Sonos music speaker, like a multi-room speaker. So you can stream Spotify, Apple Music, have it as your normal player, as well as making your TV sound even better. And if you've got other Sonos speakers in the house, you can actually push your your TV sound throughout the whole house in another room. So it's a very, very high-quality product. They spent a lot of time on the design and research. It's a $9.99 product, so the same price as the Play Bar. Um, I, I worry just quickly that I don't think it would fit all TVs. So no. it's really only going to fit those there TVs that have got a yeah. centre-mounted yes. stand. Well, it's not going to work with your high sense, but it is quite... Um, it's only 5, 5.8 centimetres. 5.8 centimetres tall. But they are, a lot of TVs are going back to that central stand. Like you see other TVs have got the legs on the outside of the TV. Yeah. So whether it may fit underneath the centre of the TV... Yeah. Uh, you, you might need to whack a couple of things up behind, under the TV to lift it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I've had, I've had, um, I had an LG with, with, the, with the kind of uh, legs the large outside. leg kind of went all the way around. Yeah. And you couldn't fit a Foxtel box under that, so I, I don't. I just don't think it'll fit. Here, invest in an entertainment. What are you talking about? To put the Foxtel box in it, a unit. So, so the TV sits on the unit, and in the unit you put your Foxtel box. Yeah, I don't, you don't want have that. that. Yeah. You got that already, haven't you? Yeah, we got that already. But you've got your TVs mounted on the wall. So look at you, eh? It's floating, <laughs> floating TV on the wall. Wow. Anyway, the Sonos Play Is that a freebie, base freebie, mate. The installation the or TV? Did, did no, I paid. There's an article on EFTM. I paid full okay, fare, three hundred bucks, mate. This is the best thing on earth. For nothing, mate. You do that yourself, do you? I've done it myself, yeah. My, my office at home is my mounted TV. Yeah, no, I'm talking proper, it. flush, beautiful I've mounting. Not that, <laughs> not what you've done. Um, mate, it was awesome. 300 bucks, including the price of the mount. Okay. I, th- I thought that was outstanding value. Yeah, so, anyway, cool. details of DFTM. But, uh, yeah, the Play Base, um, yeah, available most, in April 999. And point is, most people have a TV on, the, on their furniture, not on the wall. Yeah, well, I think we should, change. we should switch that up. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
Now, in the world of, uh, in the automotive world, you're big in the automotive. You're quite aware of. Uh, I, I found this rather interesting that Ford uh, talking about producing spare parts using 3D printers. They've, and I understand this might not, might not be a new, completely new thing in the automotive industry, but they've partnered with a company called Stratasys, which is short for Stratus Systems, Stratus Systems, and they've invested in this like room size 3D printer that can produce parts as long as big as a six foot rear spoiler that's quite so imagine part. imagine the center console of a car and this doesn't have to be an actual part that gets utilized in the car it could just be for prototyping um you know if you want to make you know think of the how automotive has been done over the years clay molds they'd use a big block of clay and they'd mold out the car and they'd make it work this way they can design it on a computer but there's nothing as good, there's no computer graphics that are good as good as just using your eye and looking at it on different angles right so you print it out and you go well that's what it looks like I think what they've done here with this room size thing is unbelievable. Um, I think, though, what's uh, really interesting to me is how 3D is playing a huge role in automotive. I was at uh, HP, I'm going to say, a couple of months ago, and they, the boss of HP globally is an Aussie, actually. Um, he was talking about how they have a 3D printer now in production in, at BMW, and they are making parts genuinely making parts with it now and because it, it had, parts or plastic, had to get plastic well parts. they've got a metal 3d yeah. printing system like it's unbelievable incredible how but like the imagine the changes like in, in ford's case they're, they're talking about if to, to make a metal part from scratch they've got to have the, the castings and the, and it's months in, in production but this could just take days to produce yeah. and plus it's a lot lighter so it could help improve fuel efficiency in the car it's a lighter car uh, and of course, if it could be a, a time when you rock up and need a spare part, and uh, rather than it saying, "Look, I've got to import it from Dearborn in Michigan," yeah. I'll just whip one. I'll whip one up out the back for oh, in a day. You or know, two. I wrote an article like five hours before this came out from Ford. I wrote an article for a, for a parts magazine here in Australia, and I, I was talking about this future of 3D and how this works. And that's exactly the thing. Imagine in 10 years from now, you've got your 1992 Toyota Corolla that you love. It's like a classic <laughs> because it's so old. Yeah. Um, and you really, and just a part broke, and you take it in, and instead of them ordering a part from Japan that has to be shipped, da 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 da, da they just still imagine them saying, "Well, we don't make that part anymore." That's right. Yeah. They they just download the the design. They might pay for that, and then they pay charge you for the design and the printing, and the part's done. Yeah. It's such a cool but, use but of three D, and this about. is the point, right? Three D, you can buy a three D printer at Officeworks. I've got one at home. I'll never use it again. It's just silly, <laughs> right? I don't need it. You printed enough chess pieces. Yeah, exactly. With that? I mean, that's just silly. Um, they're not a consumer thing. There, there, are, there are some consumer applications, but their use in education for teaching kids about design and prototyping yeah. is huge. Their, their use in manufacturing, like Ford are doing, out of this world. But what about, I think, forget the car the car industry, but even other, other parts or things. Say you break a, a part on your vacuum cleaner or something. It won't be. It, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the company might just say, "Well, yeah, you just pay us twenty dollars for the design. I just print it out myself." That's exactly do, right. Do it yourself. So, yeah. like, I think that that's where this is going. And plus, you're talking about you know possibly three D printing metal objects, but even in the health industry, like they're they're printing body parts and everything now with in, in for surgery. And is this and the really you? <laughs> it is. Now. This isn't the three D printed me. This is if you three if you three D printed something, you wouldn't make it look like that, would you? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I was talking to Tom Cruise over here and Robert Redford as well. Sorry about that. There are mirrors at your place, HR. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, no bro. Right. When's your birthday? I'm going to buy you a mirror. Is that okay? <laughs> Two bucks talking tech. Let's talk quickly about a couple of products that have uh, hit the market or are hitting the market. Yep. 
Fitbit, um, their Alta, they've just released a HR version, so a heart rate version. Now, this is this this is not the first heart rate tracker on the market, but it is the thinnest. Like yeah. this is a big deal for for them Fitbit to get it down to such a normal size. So you think about the Alta is is the kind of standard looking Fitbit, you know, standard size, standard thickness. Those big fat thick ones that have that have got the heart rate and normally they, they look yeah, bulky right charge HR, i think it's bigger device i think yeah. people that want the heart rate are going to love this because this product is now like it's 250 bucks and you've now got the heart rate which is really that next level of fitness tracking for people and also sleep tracking too so not only does it have continuous heart rate monitoring so for your exercise it'll tell you what zone you need to get into to sort of achieve your fitness goals but it can also uh, the accelerometer and the heart rate monitor also work to track your sleep, really accurate sleep tracking, which is a very important part of your health. It also records your resting heart rate, which is a, a very important cardio, cardiovascular measure of your health. So my resting heart rate is probably like about 27 or something like that. But no, not that. It's about, it's about 60. What's your resting heart rate, Trev? 90. 97. <laughs> I'm very anxious. You're supposed to take your resting heart rate before, just as you get out of bed, not 15 minutes later. Mate, what are you trying to say? Don't do it just before you go to bed either. Your resting heart rate. I don't want to get involved in this conversation, but you're fitter than me, okay? Well done. Congratulations. Anyway, the Fitbit Alta HR uh, 250 uh, and available soon in Australia. Well, uh, Norton last year released their Wi-Fi privacy app. Uh, thing with that though, it was only designed for iOS and Android devices. So reason to have that, it's actually a VPN. So if you're on a, a public Wi-Fi, having Norton Wi-Fi privacy gives you a private tunnel into the internet where no one can snoop your information, no one can see what you're looking at, see your credit card details, passwords, and that was uh, being enjoyed by those users. But now they've expanded Norton Wi-Fi privacy, so you can now use it on Mac and Windows laptops as well. And uh, I actually use this when I was in Spain last week. I wanted to watch a bit of catch-up TV, watch a, uh, some footy as well. So I use the Wi-Fi privacy to not only protect my, my stuff, but also to tell the site I was visiting that I was actually in Australia so I could watch the footy. Cheated. Yeah, well, it wasn't quite cheating, but it's, uh, it's handy because you're getting protected and you're using the virtual private network to, to access content that you want to want to see content from back home. I've got to say, I'd much prefer to buy a virtual private network service from someone as reputable as Norton over most of the other ones on the market because they've been around for a long time but I don't know they just mostly feel pretty dodgy to me so even if the the price is different or or even more I'd be much more likely to buy it from from a Norton. The good thing about this is that you don't even need to know it's a VPN it just works you just know it's going to protect you the VPN part you you don't even need it's like when you turn the key in your car you know it's going to start up you don't need to know the the physics you haven't tried starting my car well you know what I'm saying like for people to install it they know okay I install it it's going to give me this so the fact that it's a VPN doesn't you don't even really need to know that or understand that it's just going to protect you on public Wi-Fi good stuff Uh, details techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick all right, Stephen, time for your minute reviews. You're going to kick it off with a nice-looking uh, projector. Yeah, this is the BenQ W1210ST. This wow, they home. put some thought into that product name, didn't they? Yes, they did. It's a home projector, full HD projector. Now, what I like about BenQ, it offers you 
good quality, affordable price. So if you want to get that big screen experience, if you want to watch your movies or your TV shows on a bigger scale, it gives you the option of being, you can install it permanently on your ceiling or just pull it out whenever you need it. Just install it, sit it on the coffee table. comes with a little bag so you can easily store it and carry it around with you. It's also really, really handy for gamers as well. They've got really specialized gaming modes that gives you not only the late, the problem with the projector input is that the lag of the connection from the input can be a little bit long. But what, what BenQ have done is they've got their latency, their their responsiveness down almost to virtually no lag at all. So a game is going to really like it, whether they're playing online or in, just in the experience of the game. If you can fit one in your basement, you'll be fine. Absolutely right. But uh, in terms of the quality of it, I think... Uh, the, the full HD, I, I watched a few movies through it. I, I, I put it up in, in my theatre. I set it up in front of my 150-inch screen. This has got a throw length of, if you want to project a 150-inch picture, all you need to do is be 1.5 metres away from the wall. Which wow, is that's impressive. Short throw. It's really good. But back in the day, you'd have to put the, the, the projector back six metres to get a beam. Which also then degrades the quality. And, that's yeah. right. So this can go up to 300 inches if you want to go that big. Uh, but usually 100, 150 inches is probably what people are going for. Uh, the price is only $1,499. Uh, it's got great contrast, good black levels too. Black's a hard colour for projectors to produce. This does a really good job. Colours are really natural as well. It's got this six-speed six colour wheel. It's it's a DLP projector, so that it uh, you get you get lamp uh, lamp life of up to seven thousand hours, which is really impressive too. So if you want a big screen experience without breaking the bank, I think the BenQ 1210 ST at one thousand four hundred and ninety nine dollars is a good choice. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And round it out with a uh, techguide.com.au review of great new products from uh, SDM. Kind of uh, the first kick into their new branded range too. Yeah, this is the Streets collection and, and STM's a, a really a strange success story. They, they started out in Bondi. The two co-founders were uh, uni students together and what the Streets collection has is a, a couple of new backpacks, new designs. They've got these features that allow you to sort of to connect devices from different compartments. So say you may have your phone and a battery in another compartment, you can actually run the cable to those areas it's also got the new sling tech uh, feature which means that the your laptop or your tablet is actually suspended off the bottom of the bag so if you drop your bag heavily there's a buffer zone so you're not going to especially with school students and other people who take their bag around a lot the, the device is not going to hit the ground uh, there's also a, a shoulder bag as well as a sleeve uh, but they've all they all include the new the new styling and also the new logo stm's got a new logo as well but the reason it's called the streets collection is that all the names is like kings and banks and and ridge they're all streets from the sydney suburb where they started the company so it's a bit of a paying a little bit of a tribute to the to the area that that uh, where they kicked off the company and they're going to go on sale this week very cool check them out techguide.com.au Stephen, that's two ninety done. Thanks so good mates at netgear.com.au. Check them out for all the networking and uh, smart home security solutions. Uh, everything you do is at techguide.com.au. Everything I do is at eftm.com.au. And, of course, you can uh, chat with us on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH, at Trevor Long. Uh, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Who's the most likely to be on the CA watch list? <laughs> Trevor or Stephen. Uh, we shall be back next week, Steve. I'll talk to you then. <laughs> 